Welcome to Madam's Hoes and Gigolos, a podcast about the history of sex work and historical events surrounding sexual revolutions. I am your host, Heather, and with me are my friends, Connor and Anthony. Together, we've created a bi-weekly podcast discussing all topics in regards to history and sex. In honor of Pride Month, we'll be talking about William Dorsey Swan and drag ball culture. We're joined today by our friends, Les and Claire. Les is a podcaster who hosts two shows, Reality Reading Rainbow and A Lifetime of Hallmark, with his friends Jason Bowers and Kirk Fitzpatrick. Claire is my friend. Wink, wink. Yeah, welcome yeah, both welcome, of you. Welcome, guys. Thank you. So, Les, hey, it's, thank you. it's been a while since I last talked to you when I was on your show for discussing yeah. Housewives. And yes, I mean, that, I can't believe that was what, like six, was that four months ago? Five that was ago? in March with the Oprah interview. And now we have um, Lilibet. Jeez, that, yeah, it's like all the, because of what's been going on, like all time has kind of meshed together. Right. But it was, it was so much fun doing that with you. And I'm so happy you're here because this is a topic that I've really wanted to do. And this was actually one of the inspirations to why I wanted to do this podcast because I had found out about William Dorsey Swan. And then uh -huh. when I found out that you did a one man show about William Dorsey Swan, I was like, <gasps> can we do this? Can we please do this? <laughs> and you're so gracious enough to be here to help tell the story of William Dorsey Swan. Well, thank you for having me on. And this is a story that needs to be told. I absolutely agree. It, the, the sad thing about this is I heard, first heard about William Dorsey Swan when a friend of mine, a fellow performer, one day sends me this message going, this is your next show. The title of the article was America's first drag queen was a former slave, right? So you would think, oh my God, this is going to be amazing. So I read the article and I start doing my research and each thing that popped up was literally just a retread of the first article that I read. Mm. That and was the same with, with me too. Cause I was doing my research too. Cause I wanted to be able to be up to par to have this conversation with you today. And it was just like basically a retread of what I read before, but I had found some documents of him being arrested that are in like the national right. files or whatever. So we do so know I we found exist. Those too. And there, so there's a, there's a guy who's actually writing uh, a book about William Dorsey Swan. And so I even contacted him and the book was supposed to come out in like February. And so he, he was very nice. He actually contacted me back and he uh, said, you know, I actually have to push the book back to 2022. And when I ran that by a friend of mine who's in publishing, she was like, oh, he probably can't find information either. Yeah, they're, they're, the information is so limited, but I have found books with William Dorsey Swan on the cover, but they're not... William Dorsey Swan topics. It's just other mm -hmm. other topics of like early history of being black and gay and they have him on the cover, but they don't right. name him. So his picture's right. there. We see him. He's just not labeled. So here we are giving him an identity today. Yeah. And I and I hope and I and to be honest, I hope this helps. I hope I really do. I do too. That's why we developed this. Let's get the word out. Quick question for you, Les. Uh, you said you do uh, you did a one man show for uh, about William Dorsey um, Swan, yes. correct? How long yes. was it? As long as the it article was that I'm an hour long. 
Did you get your information, or, or did you kind of put together a, a fact slash fictional? Well, okay, so I got my information, and there was so little information that I did a juxtaposition of like my stuff in my life and mixed it in with his history, and so basically, the through line of it was that I was visited by the entity, the ghost of William Dorsey Swan. Oh, wow. And we were talking about Black Lives Matter. Oh, my God. That sounds but, awesome. I wish I could see it. Are you still... But Well, you can. <laughs> I'm going to be doing this show. Uh, the show is called The Real Black Swan, Confessions of America's First Black Drag Queen. And it is going to be at the Minnesota Fringe Festival which is, it's going to be a virtual festival this year. Wow. So it's going to be running August 5th through the 15th, and you can find it at fringefestival.org. We'll definitely go ahead and promote that and post the link for you to show support. Thanks. Absolutely. And we just did last week, we did the Stonewall Riots, and we also mingled in the BLM movement with Stonewall Riots and and how sometimes with protest and with sometimes violent protests, it does bring change. And we had our friend Arnold, who is also a person of color and also within the gay community. He was here talking about it too. So it definitely ties in this month. And William Dorsey Swan was the first gay person to protest. Wow. Interesting, see? Uh Let's just jump (laughs) into it, Les. What do you got for us? So William Dorsey Swan was a slave. He was five years old when the slaves were freed. And so there's a whole big, I call it a donut hole with his life because there's not a lot of information. We do know that he was a slave in Maryland. And when he got a little older, he had several different jobs. He got busted for stealing at one of the jobs and went to jail. And I guess he was popular at his job because his white bosses, who he stole from, which he was stealing China, actually wrote, uh, tried to get him out of jail. And when that didn't work, they wrote an appeal and they told him, you should appeal as well. And so... We don't know if the appeal that time worked or not, but then the next time he was um, arrested, he was arrested for stealing a library book and went to jail for a very long time for stealing a library book. Didn't he work at the library? Well, he he stole a book. (laughs) And And... And it was crazy because I looked it up and yeah, back it. So of course, you know, the the libraries were segregated, you know, but you could go to jail for not returning your library books back then. Well, thank God you can't do that now because (laughs) when I was 13, I didn't return a lot of library books. (laughs) I think I'd be at Guantanamo Bay by now. (laughs) Right? This has been a weird recurring theme for me lately, listening to people talk about like... (laughs) Not returning library books. Their shame from not returning library books. It happened to me too. I I, I thought we were going to talk about another Seinfeld episode. And I have have a lot. Oh, yeah, exactly. Mr. Bookman. Yeah. 
And I have lots of books from from doing research on this podcast. And I'm like, should I take them to the library and donate them well, to like, mm. you know, to cross out my bad deed of, Great you know, idea. I think I, 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 I <laughs> never returned one book and I never returned Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation on audio cassette. Those were the two things well, I never returned. If you get caught, you're, Understandable. you're going down. You know, funny thing about Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation, that was the first <laughs> CD that I ever owned. That was <laughs> that and uh, Paula Abdul Straight Up were the two yes. first CDs that my mother bought me for Christmas. Wow. Yeah. The first CD my mom bought me was Mariah Carey. Oh, we should have hung out back then. We would have like a, a good plethora of music. All right. Sorry. <laughs> We oh, go. We no, go on so, tangents. So, I'm sorry, Les. <laughs> no, that's okay. So, so um, he started. So he started doing like throwing these drag balls, right? And they were actually integrated. So both black men and white men. And so the way that they would bust him and send him to jail is, uh, well, first of all, you could get busted and go to jail for dressing in drag. But um, they, the final time he got busted and went to prison for almost a year, it was because they accused him of keeping a disorderly house, which means, which is another word for running a brothel, mm. which he was not. Um, they were, you know, it was it was funny because you know we were talking about Pose before we started. Um, recording this was the precursor to pose some people dressed in drag some people didn't but they were real kind of swanky they were swanky affairs you know do you want to hear something messed up so the final time that he was arrested which they got him for keeping a disorderly house there were both black men and white men and back then too if you got arrested if especially for homosexuality, they'd put your name in the paper. That's what we so, were just talking about last last episode, too, where they would keep, the, the FBI would keep your name of, and your address. If you were gay, they were keeping tabs on you up until, I mean, this was in the 1950s. They were keeping right. tabs on you, too. So we know, we know that they did it much longer than the 1950s, but they were keeping a record of your name and your address. I mean, right. what an invasion of privacy. Yeah, and so right. this uh, arrest of a keeping a uh, disorderly house, do you have to be convicted of that? Like, was he tried and uh, he was found tried. guilty? Oh, yeah. He was tried. He was found guilty. Um, oh, and so what was messed up is at his trial, all of the white men who were arrested were let go in exchange for con uh, testifying against him. Mm. Sounds about right. Yep. Yeah. And, what, so and what, what happened to the black men? They just stayed in jail? William Dorsey Swan went to jail for a year. Uh, when he went to jail, the judge, before sending him to jail, gave this big, huge homophobic rant and told him how much of a freak he was and how he wished that he could send him to jail for 10 years, but he only got a year. And so what William Dorsey Swan did is when he went to prison, he wrote an appeal to President Grover Cleveland, who was the president at the time. So that is how he became one of the first members of the LGBT community to protest, because he did this in protest. And it was funny because in one of the very few things that I researched, they threw a little shade in there because 
they said that he wrote the letter to Grover Cleveland and Grover Cleveland should have known better and done that and let him out since his sister was gay anyway. And I researched it and Grover Cleveland's sister, who also acted as first lady for him for a while, was gay. She had a relationship and they were together pretty much for the rest of their lives. And wow. so Grover Cleveland didn't, he, he didn't uh, grant his appeal. And so, yeah, he went to jail for like mm -hmm. a year. Oh, wow. That's interesting that Grover Cleveland's sister acting as first lady was also gay. I mean, <sighs> was Grover Cleveland yeah. unmarried? I, you, know um, what? you know what? I'm not, hmm. I'm not sure if he was widowed or there, like there was a reason why she was, I think I, and don't quote me on this. I think he was widowed and I think, I think he ended up getting married while in the White House, I believe. Um, you know what, I'm looking it up right now, and first of all, you know, I, I don't like to uh, judge people just on looks, but he just doesn't look like a guy that would be on our side on this, by the way. <laughs> Is, do you think he might have an orange tint to him? <laughs> oh uh, it says that he was in office from 1893 to 1897, and he was married at some point at, during uh, 1886. So yeah, it was while he was in office and he had six children. So maybe that's why she was acting first lady at, at for a time because he wasn't he was unmarried at the point at that point. Yeah. So, but the cool thing is, once William Dorsey Swan got out of prison the last time, he decided he kept the balls going. He kept them going and he hired his brothers to run the ball. So he then just managed the balls and went to the balls and continued until he died in like 1950 something. Now, do you know what would occur at these balls? Like what would happen or? Uh, they would have dinner, dinner. They would have dancing. There was a dance that they did called the cakewalk. Oh, we discussed the cakewalk. Yes. And, and so they would do the cakewalk. And they would have cakewalk contests. And so that was like the big thing there. Do you know the historical? I do know the history of so the cakewalk. So do we. Okay, tell us. <laughs> Slaves used to do the cakewalk as a form of mimicking what they thought was classy. And so literally it was, I looked at YouTube videos of it. There's YouTube videos of it. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Huh. And so... It's, they're literally just kind of walking and strutting. And that was like, I think cakewalk was the precursor to voguing, basically. See, what I read about cakewalking was that the slaves would have to compete in, in the plantation right. homes. And they'd win a cake. Yes, and, and that's, that is. And my idea of a cakewalk was what I would do at the carnival at my school in elementary <laughs> school. And now I'm learning the, the racism behind it yeah, and i'm like what a weird <gasps> thing to do in elementary school i remember that too that right. they had a cakewalk and yeah. we compete for a yeah. cake and there's i remember that my the, i think we did that for like my brother's boy scouts thing i, know, I have I no won. idea what you guys yeah. are talking about maybe they kept it from me because i was the only <laughs> black kid at valencia valley <laughs> no, but then you learn the history it's like teaching students that uh, eeny meeny money mo or something yeah, in, yeah, yeah, in, yeah. In right which grade. is racist as well yes. and, and a spade is a spade is, is racist as well yes. racist as well eeny, meeny, miny, isn't that yeah. funny that like it, it's yeah. so ingrained that people don't like even think about it anymore? It turns out you're not catching tigers by their toes. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Oh, that's okay. 
of course. I've heard the no, other version. No, no, no. I have heard the other version. And I always asked, I was like, why would you catch a tiger? But, you know, there's... <laughs> well, I mean, none of it makes any sense. <laughs> because because the other thing would get you canceled. Right. <laughs> <laughs> If he hollers, let him go. All right, you guys, I'm going to have a confession. I have no idea what what it means or what you guys are talking about. Change Tiger to the N-word. Yeah. (gasps) The N-word. That's what it used to be. Yep. Catch a bleep. This is your first. Yep, this is your first <laughs> hearing of that, huh? This is, like, okay. is it, I'm not. I, I'm going to be just transparent. I had no idea, and so this is me now. Yeah. No, Heather, your face right now is exactly <laughs> the face that I made when I first heard that too. I'm How like, old were you? <sighs> Way younger than I am now. <laughs> I think I was, I was in high school. I forgot all about yeah. that. High school sense, but right? Yeah, yeah. late yeah. teens or mid to late teens. Mm-hmm. I I was forty one years old when I learned about this. <laughs> <laughs> You've lived a very charmed life, Heather. <laughs> I want a cake and a cakewalk, and I feel guilty about it now. You want a cake? She didn't mention that five minutes ago. <laughs> I I was in the third I guess, grade. Like good on the person who decided to change the wording, but but yeah, yeah. yeah. is the word yeah. different? Yeah. yeah. Well, no. Well, it's, tiger. It's, it's now catch it's a tiger, tiger by the catch toe. A tiger. Oh, I thought we were yeah. still on cakewalk. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so one of the cool things, though, or actually, so did you did you see a picture of William Dorsey Swan? Did you get to see a picture of him? I, I thought, have. I, yes. I sent. I yes. thought I sent it. I know. Because there's have. a picture out there. And there's only like two pictures. And the thing that I thought was interesting was, you know how today with RuPaul's Drag Race and Pose, where they're all dressed up and makeup, full on, you know, the full on outfits, the works. Well, this, he was basically just wearing a dress, like no makeup, no wig. It was just like a man, like he was dressed as a guy in a dress. Yeah. And that's yeah. his yeah. and that's his brother in the photo with him, correct? I believe so. I yeah, I think I remember reading that that was his brother. But yeah, notice notice how like there's no makeup, there's no like like uh padding of any kind mm-hmm. or even even the hat. Yeah, these are these some of these are pictures that I've seen on 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 other books of him but he's not recognized on the book you know the the crazy thing to me though is that you know we talked about how uh it was illegal for you to dress in the opposite sex's clothes all the way through like even the the 1960s yeah our parents generation 1880s imagine how harsh that punishment must have been you know yeah you know i'm sure it wasn't a slap on the wrist no you went to jail and was basically publicly humiliated yeah that's very brave thing hmm. and, and notice that they're not just like simple women's clothes but it's like it's very fancy very elegant attire and i don't know if that's just because everyone back then wore suits and fancy dresses just that's like, actually all i wear connor <laughs> well, so, well, you're, you're a realtor you have to <laughs> they treated it like an actual ball so they wore what you would wear to go to a ball back then right so i guess you're wondering how they found people to go to these parties Mm-hmm. Oh, that, yes. Yes. And this is something that has not changed and is still happening today because Ooh. they went to the YMCA. What? That's where what? they find What? Wow. Yes. Yes. Wait, they did the YMCA. Wait, I thought that was the Young Man's Christian Organization or Association, association. right? And it's in the whole, <laughs> they're very religious and I would have thought not so accepting. But. Here comes Connor. <laughs> <laughs> 
I love it. But it turns out maybe the village people are onto well, something. That's that's right? exactly what that song was about. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wait, 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 what what? Wait, yeah. are you are you kidding? Young man, it put your pride on the shelf. The it's yeah, it wasn't about, you know, joining the YMCA. It, was, it because, wasn't about yeah. a cool place to swim. No, it's, yeah, a, it's yeah, about going to the YMCA to recruit for the balls. Is that the deal? Well, no. So the YMCA used to be a place that men would go and stay. Right. And we know Christians and to be pretty uh, cruise, yeah. repressed people. So Oh, 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 oh and yeah. PS in the Navy wasn't just about being in the Navy. Right. <laughs> Wait a minute. Guys, a lot what, of subtext. I, what do you uh, mean? What, how do you explain Macho Man then? <laughs> well, it's called the Eagle in Silver Lake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was 41 years old when I just found out found out about the wives. Heather's learning. Heather is today. learning. And, exactly. and what they would do is basically they had like code and secret notes and like it was a whole like secret sort of a thing. Remember when we did our crossover and you told me about Home Depot? Wait, what about Home <laughs> <Yes>. Depot? <laughs> Wait, please so, do tell. Should I not go there? What's up? So many, many years ago. So in the 90s, I used to live in Venice at the beach. And there was a Home Depot in like the Marina del Rey area. And it was a 24-hour Home Depot. So after the bars closed, you would go to the Home Depot to cruise. 24-hour no. Home Depot. Wait. Yeah. And they called it Homo Depot. I, I like it. I used to go to the 24-hour Home Depot on Roscoe. I've never seen a 24-hour. Uh, they don't have them anymore, I don't think. Home Depot. Um, it was on Jefferson in Marina. What wow. makes me really in happy about learning this yeah, thank you. is knowing that um, Home Depot is one of the companies that supported the Trump administration. That's so. interesting. Jokes on that. I'm like, yeah. yes, right. take that. I started out talking about the YMCA and how they would use that to kind of recruit. Yeah, so what kind of codes yeah. did they have? What kind of little, do you know about any of the signals or ways that they communicated that i read somewhere like one of the things they would pass like little notes oh mm. like hey young man <laughs> <laughs> kind of like what like what we did in the third grade where it'd be like dear right. anthony do you like yes. me yes or no please check one box and then i would i would always put yes or yes i would never put yes or no because nobody <laughs> had an smart. option that's really smart right? you're brilliant i was a sneaky one I think I would so put they, yes, no, okay, I'm walking away now, and you'll, I'll never talk to you again. I'm no, sorry usually for bothering they, you. No, usually they just threw their own box and put no. But the balls were, like, really popular, and they became, like, really popular. And after he got out of prison, they kept going. And, yeah, he died in the 50s, and they kept going until they were still going. Right. I mean, even now yeah. they kind of have just evolved into what it is now with Madonna Vogue and then even right. what we see in Pose. And then there was the documentary that I watched of, of Paris is Burning and then RuPaul da Drag Race. Does Isn't there right. a part of RuPaul Drag Race that kind of mimics the ball, the lip sync off? Well, yeah, sure. Without the ball culture, I don't think that drag would be as popular as it is now. Right. And yeah, mm -hmm. definitely without this, there would be no RuPaul's Drag Race. Can we discuss a little bit about like the ball culture and what it was in, for the use in the LGBTQIA community where when they would come out and how the houses 
would yeah. adopt these youths. And can you can you elaborate? A lot of these kids, and it's unfortunately still happens today. A lot of gay kids would come out to their parents and their parents would kick them out of the house. Like we saw in season one of Pose. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that was the common thing. That's more common than you would think. I have a friend who wrote a movie about the ball culture called Leave It on the Floor. And so he had to go to balls as research. The balls like start like they would start like late at night, like two or three in the morning. And you know, it's literally a competition of sorts. And there's different categories. It's basically, it's kind of like a fashion competition, wouldn't you say? It, it was a fashion competition and then the, the, the dancing voguing competition, but they also provided, the houses provided the safe haven. There was a mother, there was a dad, right. and then they provided that stability and the houses would all right. compete, but they would also pass on, like in the 80s, the pass on the word of the HIV and they would also promote protection and safe sex. There's a show out on HBO called Legendary. I can and trade you my Zeus password for an HBO password. <laughs> <laughs> I have it up. What it is, it's a bunch of different drag houses competing against each other on HBO. Oh, wow. And Meg the Stallion is a judge. Yeah. And a ju I, for yeah. I, I forget who else is. Oh, I just yeah, know Meg the Stallion this. is. And it's really cool because it's all these different houses there was one house that was an all Asian house hmm. that was really cool. And so it, it, yeah, so it's still going today. And so what the houses did is they recreated, basically recreated a family for these kids. Right. And then definitely spread the word of providing safe sex to these, to these individuals th there and, and getting the word out and providing condoms and education and, and, I, at least I know this in the during the 80s with HIV and, and the AIDS epidemic right. going around. A, a couple of them during the Madonna Truth or Dare. Oh, the, yes. The Truth or Dare. They were, a couple of them were from the balls, from the different, one of the houses. Yeah. Right. Madonna's Vogue was inspired by ball culture. So a couple of her back, remember her backup dancers that mm -hmm. became like her famous backup dancers? Uh, quite a few of them were from the drag house the ballroom scene right there was a story there was going back to pose again there was a storyline so if you watch pose the first few seasons and you know the part where they showed the judges holding up the numbers yes mm -hmm. one of the judges is a former dancer from truth or dare from that movie. oh really that's mm -hmm. interesting yeah one of the guys is one of her former dancers and he was from the ballroom scene it's hmm. just interesting to see how William Dorsey Swan has inspired all of this and what's mainstream now with RuPaul right. and, and Vogue and Pose and all of this was inspired by this ex-slave till now. Right. And, it's, and isn't it crazy that like even like 20 years ago, who thought who would think that uh, RuPaul's Drag Race would be like family television where fam families watch it together. Guys, yeah, so, so I, I have a couple of questions here. Uh, okay. I, I'm sure I'm probably in the minority here, but I do not understand the RuPaul drag ball uh, world. And so yeah, I'm glad we've got Les here to, to help explain it to me. Uh, I feel like I'm very much out of the loop. Like uh, I had four friends visit from Australia a couple years ago. We went to New uh -huh. York, we're walking around. And uh, each night we had to like stop at a bar so they can watch Drag Race. I was like, I cannot get into this. I don't understand it. There's all these people that are like 
really mean to each other and they're just like <laughs> the whole world didn't make sense and i've and i've seen a couple years ago we went to uh halloween in uh, west hollywood and they had uh-huh. uh, a, a contestant from drag race was like the mc and everyone uh-huh. was going nuts for this person another uh, new year's eve a couple years ago there was like a whole drag show that my my friends dragged me to and i was like i really just don't get it guys so n- now learning that there's like this whole like ball culture i didn't understand why the the attire was always like so fancy and the makeup was so like extravagant. I was just like, why, why wouldn't you just go simple? You said you had friends from Australia. Do you know now there's RuPaul drag races like all over the world because there's another cable channel called wow, the world of wonder, which is RuPaul's production company. So right now there's drag race down under. So it's drag race. It's Australia and New Zealand's drag race. So RuPaul's there. Then there's Drag Race España, so Drag Race Spain. RuPaul isn't there, but there's a different one. There's Drag Race UK. RuPaul isn't that one. There's Drag Race Holland. There's Drag Race Thailand and Drag Race Canada. And, you know, wow. going back to what you said last, I mean, isn't it amazing that it's it's multinational now yeah. when it was such a, a controversial show when it first started? You know? Yeah, like and, and like and, you said, it's like on family programming now. Can can you yeah. uh, explain to somebody who has no idea what what this uh, drag ball culture is about? Basically, Connor is saying, okay. can you explain to me? To me, yeah, but without saying it's for me. <laughs> so, so the drag balls, I would I would explain it like they're a place for people to go uh, where they are able to express themselves safely and. I don't want to call it unconventional. What would I call it? People are free to dress how they want. I mean, it's hard to... Because I don't want to say unconventional because something about unconventional makes it sound wrong, don't you think? No, Uh, not necessarily. Because it is a little out of uh, what you'd see on a normal day anywhere else. But I guess what I don't understand about the culture is why not put on a summer dress and maybe some light makeup and call it a day? Why so extravagant with the really ornate attire and the heavy-duty makeup and the wigs and all that? Well, I would say because a lot of these people, uh, as far as drag balls go, and this uh, goes from the 1800s until even today in some cases, there are people who don't have the freedom to be able to express themselves the way that they like and have to conform to society's norms. But at night, at these balls, they could go. They could dress. If you want to dress as a lady, fine. And the point of these balls is to look your best and just to show off what you got. Well, I think you made this point earlier, Les, is that uh, it's taking on the theme of the traditional ball where you where you right. go decked out, but maybe not tr- in the traditional sense, right? Okay, right. So, you're, yeah. so you're not just going out to the bar. You're, it's like prom night. And it's a competition. The houses are competing against yeah. each other to to get the the you know the the big you win money money you win money yeah you would that was how sometimes how, somehow the houses would support themselves sometimes like there would be yeah. there would be people that would go out and have jobs, but the big thing was winning the jackpot when you won the competitions and, and everything. Right. And then there's that faction, you know, a lot of people who are transitioning or trans, it was harder for them to find jobs. And so a lot of them became sex workers because that was 
the only job that they could get for the most part. Right. That helps me. I, I think I understand a little bit more. Of- it's really actually fascinating. And it's kind of, it, it to me, it's beautiful that it's like this community of, I don't want to say rejects, but that's how society looked at them. I wouldn't, uh-huh. but that's how society looked at them. They all banded together and built their own community and they support yeah. each other and they praise each other. So it was just, so that's essentially what ball culture, ball house. And this all started with William Dorsey Swan. Right. You know, without him, we wouldn't, yeah, there'd be no RuPaul's Drag Race. There'd probably be no Madonna. There'd be no Vogue. There'd be no Pose. Right, because... There'd be none of it. These people got their inspiration from this man who was an ex-slave. Like, that's just fascinating to me. There would have been no Stonewall Riot. Right, which we just discussed last week. Right, like none of it. Right. Well, you know... uh, Thank you for for upping my um, streaming uh, television and movie queue because I you know <laughs> I'm looking at a, a review right now for Leave It on the Floor and actually I, I, I was watching the trailer while we were talking it looks really good so <laughs> I'm about to watch yeah, my that. friend Glenn Gaylord wrote it oh well, yeah nice seeing him as as the writer where is he where is it streaming because I I'm looking over your shoulder and I'm kind of like oh uh, you can watch it on Prime Video. Look at that. Oh, yeah. Prime. I've got that. I've and, got that. And one of my favorite drag queens is in it. Her name is Miss Barbecue. Miss <laughs> Barbecue. Miss Barbecue. I, I don't know if you saw this, but I had post I had posted something on our on our podcast in Instagram earlier this week about the Pride flag and how it was created and how Henry Milk had asked um Gilbert B- Baker to create a symbol for the community. And that's how he came up with the pride flag. And he was actually uh-huh. a drag queen named Busty Ross. I <laughs> saw a picture of that. He was very busty. Yeah. Uh, busty Ross. Betsy Ross created the American flag. <laughs> right. And he made the the gay pride flag. So he called himself Busty Ross. There you go. <laughs> I, um, hmm. And we have, a, I posted a picture on our Instagram of him sewing the flag and then him um, dressed up as Busty Ross and then symbols of what the flags mean to different communities on our Instagram to help because it's it being June we want to focus on pride and the LGBTQIA community and and so yeah this weekend it's great because normally this would be the weekend of the parade and the festival and all that stuff but because of COVID this is the second year that we are not having anything but Everybody's planning on going to West Hollywood anyway. <laughs> My we'll daughter and her friends that. keep asking me, like, Mom, let's take you to the Abbey. And I'm just like, okay, let's go to the Abbey. You'd love it. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I love gorgeous men, whether they like me or not. I don't care. <laughs> Give them to me. <laughs> and here's the secret. Here's the secret. A lot of the waiters and bartenders at the Abbey are straight. <laughs> so so can- there is a chance, Heather. <laughs> There's yeah, always a chance yeah. regardless. Have you seen <laughs> She is pointing at something. I, I will say that. Right. That, <laughs> I, I've never been, but my daughter's just like, Mom, my friends and I want to take you. And I'm like, okay, let's go. Let's go. Well, when you go, when you go, let me know and I'll meet you. Hey, Les, I have a question for you. Uh, going back to the ball culture thing. Um the voguing thing is, is something that originated in the ball scene. Right. Yeah. 
Um, but I was recently told by a friend that a mutual friend of ours who happens to be gay uses voguing when he travels to sort of like find people. Like, does that resonate with you? Does that, have you heard of this what, before? Like, what do you mean? Like he goes to places in vogues or? Mm, yeah, like, but he's not like doing a full on dance or anything like that. It, it, like he'll be sitting there and doing some sort of like voguing motions just like with his a, hands while he's mean? sitting like, there. Like oh, oh, like framing your face? Yeah, that's voguing. That's yeah. what voguing Kind of like okay. flying a flag and, yeah. and looking for a friend. I mean, kind of. that, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it makes I sense. Like but no, like, you're, like doing just the, the moves or like, you Yeah, know. and I had just never heard yeah. of that before. Like, apparently, like my friend traveled with this other mutual friend and and watched it go down at a bar. Like it worked. Yeah, he was sitting there, sort of voguing, and then like the the gay bartender came up and like started chatting with him. And <laughs> we've come a long way from Home Depot. It's, it's, <laughs> right? it's the equivalent of uh, peacocking. You just can't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I guess so. <laughs> oh, I'm. I was just curious if that was something that was more sort of like widely known about or understood. I've seen people do that. Okay. So or now to gain, maybe, like, attention. Yeah, I've seen people do that. Well, maybe now you know. I mean, because you're married, so you don't pay attention to this stuff anymore. But maybe now <laughs> you know what they're really doing. <laughs> but in order to pull it off, you've got to be really good at voguing. To, like, <laughs> pull it off. Can you vogue? So that means your friend's friend must have been, like, really good at it. Because when you're really good at it, it looks really cool. It looks really cool. <laughs> it Which does. If you, if you know how to do it. Yeah, I got that arm yeah. jiggle. Yeah, I, I I don't know how I to like do it. I like the little head bobble thing you got going on there too. <laughs> no, I figure I figure if you are bad at it, it probably chases people away. <laughs> no, not that yeah, guy. How do most people know what good voguing looks like? Uh, you know, uh, you know, you know. Oh, oh, it's yeah. a feeling. <laughs> oh, okay. You, you know what it's. You good. know exactly. <laughs> how do you know if it's good music? <laughs> That's subjective. <laughs> do should we wrap it up? Are we done? Is there anything else that you like to add, Les? I hope that more information about William Dorsey Swan comes out and I hope that he gets more notoriety. Um, there's a book that's coming out in 2022 because like I said, um, I don't know if I said this on mic or off mic, but when I was uh, researching, I actually contacted the author. And so uh, that's coming out in 2022. Two, and I think it's been optioned for a movie as well. I think it would be a fabulous movie. And I yeah. I remember reading about the book because I remember starting to look at it. And like I that's how we started having the conversation because I was like, do you know where I can find this book? Amazon says it's going to be here. And you're like, oh, no, it's no. Yeah. Because he's like in the archives in Washington, D.C., like yeah. looking everything up and seeing what he can find. And as of right now, all we have are two pieces of paper online. Right. Which we but which which we've both seen ourselves. Yeah, which we both have found ourselves. I think it was what his pardon and um his his first pardon and his denial that we yeah. found. Yeah. I hope this guy does kind of have a breakthrough and find some research of some sort because it it definitely it's a story that definitely needs to be told, I think. It definitely is. Some somebody who's inspired so much through from there to here it, it's just admirable and it's amazing and it's definitely a story that i would like to watch and i would like to learn i would love to learn more about him like i i just i love learning about 
stuff like this. People who prevail, people who, who the underdog, so to speak. Well, and a pioneer in the community. Yeah. Better word, yes. Anthony, better word. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and, and one more thing, if, if this sounds interesting to your listeners, you need to watch the movie, leave it on the floor. You need to watch Paris is Burning. And then there's a Paris is Burning, where are they now? Hmm. I didn't know about the where where yeah. are they now. I know about I watched a Paris a Paris is Burning when I was reading about everything and and looking at bowl culture. I I binged Pose, but um, I also was able to connect like some Pose has incorporated some people from a Paris is Burning their stories right. into their story. So to give a nod to their legacy, which I. You wouldn't know unless you watch the two, what is the nod and where is it? But once you know, it's like, oh, that is so interesting. Yeah. And and make sure you watch Legendary on HBO Max just because it's so cool to see the 2021 version of this stuff. Oh, yeah. Like I've seen commercials for it and just the dancing. And what was that dance show on MTV it's kind of like that, but it's just their their houses. What was and it had the Jabawakis? Uh, it was a dance uh, competition. Maybe that was after my MTV time. Yeah. <laughs> the only I, thing that's coming to I, mind I, is Pants I, Off, Dance Off, but that's not the right show. I was during the club MTV years. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Les, again, I need to see your your one man show. It sounds absolutely amazing. Yeah, I want to see that. Well. Too. Like I said, and I will send you guys um, closer to the date. It's at the Minnesota Fringe Festival, August 5th through the 15th, and it's going to be virtual. So you'll oh, be able fantastic. to watch it. You know, Very you'll be cool. able to go on the site whenever you want and watch it whenever you want. I feel during like those dates. Connor, we should just have a party here that day. I can bring charcuterie like today <laughs> and we'll just Well, I wanna come. Yeah, <laughs> I think you're me. gonna be busy. <laughs> I oh, mean Connor true. has this whole nice studio that you know you could use. But you you said we could watch it at any time during those days. Well we'll But you guys can have your party and tune in. We will go. Yeah. I am all about supporting other creators and Especially you, I, I adore you. Your energy Thanks. just radiates. And so I'm like, God, this is a guy that just has a good day always. And if you don't, you <laughs> fake it really well. <laughs> and I admire and you know the quality you know of- You know what I just realized? Like while I'm performing, I could say hi to you guys and everything. Oh, oh, that would well, be awesome. <laughs> we will be here. And Les, to wrap up the show, we always end the show with a suggestion of a charity. And since you are our guest, what charity do you have? I would like to suggest the Gay and Lesbian Center on Trader. The Gay and Lesbian Center provides, for those of you who don't know, free medical care to the LGBT community who cannot afford it. And it's a survey, have another section where they take in kids at risk sometimes too and it's just a real service to the gay community and it is pride month so it, it is and that's that's why we're here and because of your guess and this is your suggestion whatever donations we get the podcast will match so uh, if someone donates send us a picture of your donation and we match it that is awesome that well, really is we like to support other creators we like to support our, our, the community we like to support our listeners so this is what we're all about here, spreading knowledge, spreading love, spreading education. <laughs> <laughs> spreading things. <laughs> spreading. 
<laughs> I mean, there's Just a leg joke in there somewhere. He's already, he's already looking at me like, God damn it, don't say it. We definitely do. <laughs> We're all about spreading he here. Me that look like, don't say it. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, thank you guys for coming on the show today. Les, thank you for, for joining oh. us. Uh, we appreciate your expertise and Claire as well. Thank you for joining us and chatting with us today about all this stuff. It's been fantastic uh, learning from you guys. So thank you for, for being here with us. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We also have an Amazon wish list. If there's a topic that you're interested in, go ahead and go to the list. If there's a book, send it to us. I'll, we'll go ahead and shout you out when we cover the topic. Hit us up on our Instagram at Madam's Hose, H-E-A-U-X-S and Gigolos. I respond to DMs. And uh, if you like the show, please help us out by leaving a five-star review and sharing it with your friends. Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs>